0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of In Between the Stitches. As always, I'm your host, Brady Wilson. I remember to say my name this time (laughs) with my co-host, Jay Solschwinger. And a great surprise for everybody, we have the great Zach Babb with us in here today.
1: I'm back. It's been like, yeah, it's been like way too long, but, uh, you know, hockey season.
0: Yeah, and the Stars coming off the All-Star break had a big win against the Buffalo Sabres. Two-to-one
1: Ottinger. Who were wearing their Goathead jerseys yesterday, I might add. I'm, <laughs> I'm very convinced that Buffalo just needs to go back to the Goathead unis full-time. But that's that's another discussion they were, for another time. Say, were those the unis
0: that, we, that they were wearing when we beat them? Yes. They were pretty cool. Yeah. Say I liked our black too. The black was like the, yeah, the the just the classic yeah. star and 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 the gold. The yeah. gold and the black was just a really nice combination. Yeah, uh, I wish I wish instead of like the neon green on mm-hmm. those uniforms, they did them black and that darker gold.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just a general major fan of '90s hockey jerseys. So. Yeah, I feel like '90s yeah.
0: jerseys in general in almost every sport. Looked just a little bit better. I think the, the Eagles were showing their Kelly Greens. Yep. Which are gorgeous. Yeah. The Cowboys had just, a, it was a little bit sleeker. I want to say they've changed like the shade of blue on the pants. It's probably, I think it's just gotten a little bit different. It just, mm-hmm. they did something about it looks a little better. Yeah. Maybe the three rings helps, but it, you yeah. <laughs> know, the lights of the Super Bowl. Well, I remember I when like,
1: they had the giant stars on the shoulders yeah, that was, during um, the Aikman era. Yeah. that For was, a little bit.
0: I remember they, they they wore those uniforms in the third AFC, NFC championship game when the Niners finally beat us. Yeah. Um, baseball uniforms. I mean, the Rangers, my favorite all-time Rangers are the the you know, 90s I'm, Reds with the see, red font.
1: As the, the resident Astros fan of today's episode, um, I'm still a big fan of the... Uh, the tricolored? No, well, the, no, because the tricolored is more back to the 80s. I mean, I guess they wore it into the early 90s in a modified version, but blue and gold Astros. Yeah. Like, I like that era. So I've always I
0: think I think the tricolor looks good. Yeah. Some people may disagree. I think it, it's got that retro the tequila
1: look. sunrise.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think not every game, it's kind of like our city connects. I feel like that would that should have been your city connects. Yeah. Make something with the old eighties because then you wear them sparingly where it, you still get them and it looks quite, like the Marlins. Yeah. I think every Friday they wear their old their nineties yeah, the teal teals. and white, which yeah. looks super good. Yeah. Anyway. Thirty one and thirteen and six for the stars. First in Central, second in the Western Conference. Just been on a tear. Yeah. And we're not coming into the All-Star break, but through the season now, have just
1: Yeah. It's it's collectively been this really good, <clears throat> consistent amount of winning. And if you're not winning, you're at least picking up a point here and there. I mean, they've won four in a row. They have points in six in a and six straight. Um, and you know, it's you've gotten what you want from the offense. Obviously, right. I mean, the addition of Matt Duchesne has been incredible. Um, he's really woken up the say, the kind of former Tyler Sagan, if you will, the Sagan that we initially got in that trade with Boston in 2013. So you kind of last year it was the Renaissance. The the joke is last year it was the Renaissance, the reemergence of Jay uh, Jamie Ben. This year it's the Sagan Enlightenment. Uh, the reemergence of, of Tyler Sagan on that line with Matt Duchesne. And it seems like they have a goal every night. They had one again last <laughs> night. Duchesne ended up netting the, I guess the first goal of the game. And then the emergence of Thomas Harley, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you knew defense was going to be probably the biggest shortcoming for the stars. Yeah. And you, you and the, I still think they go after a top four defenseman at the trade deadline.
2: Who is the guy from the Flyers? I know they were targeting.
1: I, I can picture name. him in my head, and I cannot think of his name. I I know exactly who you're talking right. about, but um, I think he would be a great addition. I think he'd be a great addition too. It's just does Jim Neal buck his own philosophy and trade a draft pick, which would be interesting. <laughs> but um, but point being is, you know, I, and it hasn't been the best year for Ottinger. Now, he had 47 saves last night. Right. Um, if you can get that Ottinger at a consistent pace for the rest of the season, you're going to be in a really good shape regardless if you add an extra defenseman because Thomas Harley is—before it was pretty much—it's it's Miro and then this huge drop-off down to, like, Esselandell. Yeah. And now you have Harley, when and when Miro was out for, you know, three, four weeks, whatever it was, that he was sidelined there for a second, and— Give DeBoer, Pete DeBoer, and the Stars coaching staff credit. Um, They really trusted Thomas Harley Mm -hmm. to be kind of that top-line quarterback-style defenseman, and it's paid dividends for them. And now you're looking at, like, okay, you've finally broken up the atrocious line of having Miro try and just drag Ryan Suter all over the ice— and now you have Harley and, and Miro on the same line, and it's like that is an elite defensive line in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, you, again, there's still this drop-off between the top defensive line and the rest of the pack, so maybe you add a top-four defenseman and even that out a little bit. But the point being is it looks a lot better than it did two months ago. Yeah, So 100%. it's looking very much on the up-and-come-up. Um, yeah. Even with how good of a season this has been for the stars,
2: and another big concern is you know just the you know the health of the stars. Yeah, and we know Wedge is still he's still banged up a little bit. And yeah. I don't, you know, and it was tough. I kind of expected it to happen because he was kind of he was yeah. put into a tough situation with Ottinger. He was yeah he, he was going every night.
1: Yeah, with Ottinger's injury, it was because I mean that's the thing is like. Wedgwood's a very, very serviceable backup goalie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you just don't want to throw Matt Murray to the Wolves. And, and granted, you did get a couple good starts in there from Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got his first NHL shutout, first career shutout in one of those games that he stood in for Wedgwood. Um, but you don't want to make it like a, a regular 1-2 between... Wedgwood and a guy who has played 10 NHL games. So I understand why they leaned on Wedgwood, and it probably did overwork him just a little bit by the time it was all said and done. So that's unfortunate. But, you know, at the same time, you got Ottinger back. Even though it hasn't been his best season, he's starting to show more and more flashes of last season and the year before, and especially last night with 47 saves on Mm -hmm. 48 shots. It's like, okay, if you can get that again... Consistently, it's like ooh, the stars are like a serious cup contender at that point.
2: Yeah. Now the difference is, how do we maintain that when we both when we get Ottinger healthy and Wedgewood? Because we know last yeah. year going into the playoffs, you had an Ottinger was tired. Yeah, you I mean, didn't know he was. At So how point. do the stars? You know, when every, when Wedge gets healthy, yeah. how do they maintain that? Yeah. Load management. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I'm I'm as soon as is back, I mean they're and they're not going to rush him back either. I would highly doubt that, but you know they're going to do everything they can yeah. do. Make sure he comes back and he's healthy when he comes back. So
0: say I have a name. <clears throat> it's not from the from the Flyers, but it's from the Ducks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna butcher this. Ilya Lyubushkin. is a defenseman there. i I'd need to see rumors? how that's
1: spelled. That <laughs> I probably just butcher the heck out of it. But
0: I I mean it's I do know uh, there's some guy from the Flyers
1: that is a big target. Oh Laibushkin. Libushkin. Libushkin. Okay. I haven't heard too much about him. So I see uh, trade
0: rumors here. I didn't see anyone from the Flyers. I just looked there at is the someone Yeah, there, there is
1: because that's the one that keeps popping up over and over again as the Flyers. Um but you know, you look at it too, and it's like the Flyers are having such a good season. Do they want to move? Right. Them? And and to that end, and I kind of mentioned this earlier with the whole you know, Jim Nil philosophy. Jim Nil, it's like there's two problems with Going out and getting another top four defenseman, you have no cap room right now. I mean, you have you have none. Um, you'd have to offload someone's contract, and who that is is who—you basically have two candidates, Roddick Foxa and Ryan Suter. And I think you'd have to give up something with them to get a team willing to take one of those contracts off your plate.
2: I'm pretty sure, is Nils Love-
1: this having a pretty down year, right? He he still just can't get the trust of the staff, but he's still on his rookie deal. So it's like, you know, that, that's kind of the weird thing. Does that intrigue
2: other teams? Yeah, I
1: mean... it's maybe you move him because he's still not... I, don't, I still don't think he has like the, the full trust of the coaching staff. He's still a healthy scratch every other night. Um, and... And you, the, the thing, too, with him is you coughed up a first-round pick to get him. Right. Like That's one of the few times that Jim Nill has actually jettisoned a top three-round draft pick was to get Nils Lundqvist. So does Jim Nill want to turn around and already declare the Nils Lundqvist experiment dead and gone? Yeah. I mean, maybe you could, but then are you shipping off a guy you gave up a first-round pick for with an extra first-round pick and someone's fat contract, be it a Foxa or a suitor, to get a top four rental defenseman. Yeah. Right. So it's like it, it. a lot of it just flies in the face of how Jim Neal has ran his entire tenure in Dallas in terms of making trades. So it's like you could see it at the same time not – and then there's also like the – the issue with you've got a loaded prospect base in the AHL right now. Right. I mean, you have you have the two top scorers in the AHL down with Cedar Park. Yeah. You have Logan Stankoven and Maverick Bork. They're the two highest point getters in the entire AHL right now. They they could contribute at the NHL level, but you just have all these. Obviously, you're cap strapped for one, and second of all, going back to Jim Neal does what Jim Nil does and doesn't buck his own trends, he lets he will let players over-marinate in the minors. Right. Like, he would rather... I mean, you you, you call up Stankovan and, and, and Bork, maybe they're playing third-line minutes. He would rather have them... Because they're, they're future top-six forwards, both sure. of them are. He would rather have them play top-six forward minutes in the minors than have them play third-line minutes in the NHL.
0: I think there's something to be said for that because, like, we've seen it in baseball. Because I think baseball and hockey kind of too, because the, the what they use of the minor leagues. You've seen it in baseball where you don't want, and usually with pitchers it's, it's different. because I think Evan you, Carter's a good example. You, you, usually you put them in the bullpen for pitchers, and they can still be okay. Like, look at Cole Reagans. Was, 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 was in the bullpen, was not being used consistently, and that's really difficult unless you're a veteran. To not be used consistently enough, and you don't get reps, and then you go get, you go to Kansas City where you get reps, you become a, a pretty good, pretty darn good pitcher. You see it with position players where you don't want to platoon them when they call them up because you don't want White Langford rotting on the bench, not getting reps. And I think it's the same thing with the stars. You don't want them not getting quality reps. Yeah, and the, and or losing their confidence on a third line. You know what I mean? Like if you, if they if they fail on the third line.
1: You're that could destroy your, two. that
0: could destroy their confidence. It may not, some guys are different, but yeah. it could destroy their confidence. You don't want that to happen. Yeah,
1: and and that's the thing with, with Jim Nil is he has so much patience in everything. Like I, I we even go back to the Nils Lundquist for a first round pick trade. I mean, that was essentially Lundquist is 20, 21 years old. The only reason Nil made that trade is because instead of a first round pick, I'm my first round pick is now Nils <laughs> Right. So even then it wasn't truly in the in the in the true sense of the term moving a first round pick for an upgrade you were moving a first round pick for a guy who's young who was a first round
2: pick essentially
1: drafting him yeah you were essentially drafting him from the new york rangers yeah. so it's like he and he he just doesn't buck those trends so that's where you know you look at the cap situation and you look at the prospects you'd maybe have to move to get a top-four defenseman, and, and especially, like we go back to the Flyers thing, especially when you look at the Flyers and the su- success they're having under John Tortorella this season, it's like they're they're probably... If, if they think they can make a run in the playoffs, they're not going to move them unless they get a giant package in return, and it's just completely unlike Jim Nill to give up a giant package for a rental. Right. I mean, getting... Getting Max Domi or a few years ago getting Mac, Matt Zuccarello was the most. I mean that they have moved for a top six forward. Mm-hmm. He seems to do a really good job of finding the value guys. Yeah,
0: like Matt Duchesne mm-hmm. was completely cut loose by the Predators. And I don't yeah. know if he was. I think he had. A, it was wasn't he? he yeah, had, he was bought he, out. He he had he had like a down year. Yeah. And we were just like, well, I mean, the talent's there. Mm-hmm. We'll take a chance on them. It yeah. kind of feel like the Rangers with the veteran pitchers, you know, with Minor gives Gibson. But yeah, sometimes all he needs is a change of scenery. Yeah, change of scenery. And Duchesne's yeah. come in, done really well. And I think some of his other additions have, you know, yeah. done really well. And then you have young guys like Harley, yeah. that have
1: just stepped up. Even and as you that, and, know, and that's that's another thing too. I'll briefly mention Harley. I mean, Harley spent ninety five percent of last season in the AHL. Mm-hmm. He got called up for the Stars' playoff run. Because, again, Jim Nill was like, you're going to be, if you come up now in October of 2022, you're going to be playing on the third defensive pairing. He instead had Harley play his entire season on the Texas Stars' top defensive line. And then by the time he got to the NHL for the playoffs, he was unreal. So that's where, again, it's like, I don't see him moving prospects. I, I definitely do not see him moving prospects. I could maybe see him moving draft picks, but even then, do you want now to go all in this year? And do you have the cap space to do it?
0: Right, and and maybe you can get a team to maybe I uh, I don't know trade values in the NHL as much as I know other sports, but like if you were to trade, let's say I'm just like two first round picks with like the with the cap space guy for mm-hmm. the defenseman. Yeah. Do you think he would do something along those lines?
1: That's the that's the only thing I could see him doing. I mean, it's
0: two first round me, yeah, you have to look at when I look at first round picks, how good are you going to be? Right. When the cow and again, I have to pull from sports, sports example. If you put if you go to the Cowboys when we traded for Amari Cooper, that first round pick, I think, was pick like twenty six. It ended up being Jonathan Abram, who's now not with the Raiders anymore. So you have to look at when you're trading a pick what will this pick become because yeah. if, if you plan on winning the the cup well, then you're looking at then you're picking the, the top yeah. of the second round almost, yeah. right? it's the same so it's do you is that really worth it to you it, like it's like with the Rangers. you know we're picking now 30. yeah you know it's it's you know you're not picking top of the draft the Cowboys why not trade your first round pick if you don't like who's there because well you're picking the bottom at the bottom of the first round yeah so it, it it's you have to look at, and we're probably not going to be in the lottery. The stars, no, I don't know. So gonna touch it. I think this year. it's. I think it's more like you'd rather move your picks closer in the next year or two. Yeah. These picks because because are they really going to become? I mean, they yeah. can. I'm not saying they can't, but if you're going to trade first round picks, you'd rather be competitive when you trade them because they're probably not
1: going to be as much to you. Yeah, and that's where it's like you know, if I were, if you were to, you know, make me a Vegas odds maker and put together what i think is most likely that will happen i say the star i most likely i think there's a greater than 50% chance the stars don't even make Stay a put. move yeah i, so mean, I was going
2: to say like do the stars even make a move is yeah, there because
1: it's cuz if if there's no thomas the, if there's no emergence of thomas harley i could see them making a move now that you got harley i don't think there's any Notion in Jim Neal's mind that he has to make a move because this is the window. I mean, you got so many great prospects, you have such a young core that you don't have to go all in on this season because you've, you've like, got a you've got a pretty wide window, right? right. Rangers mm-hmm. it was the third farm system in baseball,
0: mm-hmm. and you just won the World Series. Yeah. So I mean, like you're 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 sitting in a really good spot. I think same thing with the yeah. Stars. And they may look at it in a similar way, like if football had a minor leagues, what Jerry Jones would be doing, which is we're we're going to have deadline editions. It's called the guys coming from the minor leagues. Yeah, that cost us nothing to call up to them. You know, call up. So yeah. I think you could see something like that, where Evan Carter was called up because a we needed an outfitter, but b because heck, we, we just we needed a spark, and he ignited something. Same thing for the stars. Maybe you have a late season, just kind of you know, you know, late season. I don't want to say a drag, but a late season. Where you're kind of falling a little bit, you need a spark. Call up Stankoven. Yeah. Call up. Bo- I mean, I assume they they could be ready oh, right now. Oh, they're
1: yeah, they could play right now. It's just a you, matter you of— you put them on like you know, the Blackhawks, and they're probably one of the top five point getters on the team. Just you know, but they're, instead they're just you know, kicking ass and taking names in the AHL and right now.
0: and let them build that so where they can come come in and kick butt and take names in the you know yeah. in the NHL. But yeah. Zach, thank you so much for being on the show
1: this time. No problem, gentlemen. Always glad to talk stars.
0: Yeah. Say especially a, when we're good. Yes. Yeah. No. Especially, oh, especially yeah. when we're good. It's, Not it's after. A lot... It's
1: a lot more fun to talk when you're the first place team in the Central with a third of the season still to go and the blessing of do we make a move because our team is so good <laughs> up, coming up the pipe versus wow, we're down three to nothing to Vegas and Jamie Ben suspended. Much better conversation. <laughs> yes, sir.
0: Thank you very much. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you on at some point later on in the season. So.
1: Appreciate it, y'all. Yes, sir.
0: Uh, and as we turn his mic off, thank you so much, Zach, for being on with us. And we move to the Dallas Mavericks to go to a more somber note in the DFW Sports Arena. 28-23, 8th in the West. Hey, two-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. I feel like Lou Brown merely too. two. You know, we win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has <laughs> happened before. Beat the Sixers, beat the Nets. Kyrie's looked really good. I mean, it, when you have your stars, Listen, they he's play like Irby. stars. And, and
2: unfortunately... These last two injuries that he's had have been kind of freak. You know, Dwight Powell landing on him and then the ball getting swiped out of his hand just happens to sprain yeah. his finger, whatever it was. It's like seager injuries are just really right. It, it's just unfortunate injuries and it's, you know, a little out of his control. Um but when he's on the floor, you look at what's going on and you see you're taking stress off of Luca. Right. You're taking stress out of a lot of guys because you just have so much so much more flexibility on the right. court. And watching these last couple games, it's like, okay, this is what Mavs basketball can be. So I've enjoyed watching these last few games. Yeah, and I'm excited to see if we do anything because we know Mavs don't make moves. I know you are you are on the
0: you are on think, social media just like yeah. I, I do got my phone something. out right
2: now. And I'm waiting
0: because there do, has been some trades going on. Do something, and I I know there's PJ Washington, there's Kyle Kuzma, there's. There's a guy you can get, and I think the biggest one is was Wiggins. I think the biggest
2: one I would personally like is Washington, but they came out today saying that they would like Josh Green in a first round pick for him. And it's Ouch. it's is he, not is, a bad offer. Is he a rental? Washington? No, I think he no, he'd be here. He'd stay. He's also a Dallas kid. So you, you would think that he just would want to be here. So basically I just don't want to give up Josh Green. Yeah, I know, but how how how, how old's Washington? He's young. There's no way he's 27 plus. I don't. I mean, I'm gonna confirm that. But he's 20. I, he's 25.
0: I'm kind of with other Mavs fans. I just want to. I don't like the whole let's make a move for the sake of making a move. But this kind of feel like you have to. This though. is a,
2: this is a year where you have to because you also got to think about Luca and Kyrie just being happy. That's right. that's what matters. And if you don't make a move, this team at the max can win a one round in the playoffs, right? Right. Everyone healthy? This team can win a round. Sure. Um, I don't think this team is better than the 2021, 2022 team when we went to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think it is. You have more star power because Kyrie. You do,
0: and yeah, you look at Brunson now, and yeah, Brunson's great. great. Um, fully healthy team with Lively with with, with yeah, our, I mean, you. I feel like we have a big three now with Lively. It almost feels yeah. Like. You
2: get Luca, you get Kyrie, you have Josh Green, you have Kleba, and you have or Derrick Jones, and you have Kleba and Lively. If you're fully healthy, this team can win a can win a playoff round and if you get hot and get lucky. You never know, I mean, who knows? but. If you add one piece, right, whether it's PJ Washington, whether it's Andrew Wiggins, whether it's Daniel Gafford, et cetera, right, now that just boosts your odds even more. Not only
0: do you add well, hopefully more depth, because I would like to just give up picks for a player. Yeah, you don't wanna I'd be willing to give up Hardy and I, I, I necessarily write to Hardy, but I feel like if you had to give up him or Green, Green's probably got more potential. Not to disparage Hardy, but No, it's just different they're just different
2: players. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like Green more because he's got a bigger role. He's a star- He's in the starting role right now. Yeah. Um. And he's better defensively. But I would say Hardy's a better scorer. So it's what do you look at? If you think, you know, which we all hope we can keep Luka for his entire career, then maybe you do deal Hardy off, right? Because right. you're going to have Luka or Kyrie on the floor at all times. So you don't necessarily need another scorer like that. So if you want to deal Hardy in a first-round pick for P.J. Washington, for Andrew Wiggins.
0: Right. I'm down, right? And I, I'm, I'm, again, like we we're talking about the stars. I'm okay with trading a pick because if you plan on being in the playoffs and making a two or three round deep run, your pick gets worse. But mean that means your pick gets better for you because I mean it takes the stress off. Okay, we got this player. What will we have gotten at you know twenty seven or twenty six? What will we have gotten there that could make an impact? Because the, then the draft and basketball and hockey only sport it kind of doesn't apply to us football. Even though I did use it as an example just because the, the talent in football is more immediate than it is in right. basketball, typically, and baseball, and hockey. But with the Mavs, I want to see a move, because I think it just signals... You don't want to signal to the players that you won't do anything. Because, right. I mean, yes, you did get Kyrie. Yes, you drafted live. Yeah, you've done some great things, but the, team building isn't just an off-season thing. You have to, I mean, look at the Rangers. Built a really good team. And then things kind of went to hell. <laughs> and then by, you make by, moves. And then you get Chapman, and you kind of things picked back up again for a second. Then things went to hell again. So then you go get Scherzer, you get Montgomery, you get Stratton, you bring in these guys, and you still went through a big skid. But I remember through that time, it was kind of Scherzer and, DeGron- Scherzer and Montgomery and pray for a win, you know? I mean, no, dis- no disrespect to Heaney or excuse me, John Gray, but, you know, there was just a lot of problems with the team. We were just going, offense was going through it, pitching was going through it, and Scherzer and Montgomery were really helping us keep afloat. And then you get to the playoffs, and Evaldi comes back, Evaldi's back, Evaldi's pitching like nasty Nate again, and you you win, you win the championships. I think the Mavs, you kind of have to make a move. I feel like this is kind of like where, 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 where the Rangers were, a good team that can make a run maybe, but we need to bolster the roster, yeah. and if that means you, you have to give up picks, yes. If it means you have to give up some players, try not to give up anyone too valuable, if you can help it. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I'm just again spitballing here. What would someone like Rashawn Holmes get? Because I mean, we traded yeah. for him, yeah. and he hasn't played. And it's unf- I, and it's I don't know why he doesn't play because every time he is
2: on the floor, he brings a different kind of spark. Because he's a guy, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he's a good defensive player. He can score. He's it's kind of like Finney Smith. Yeah. Well, you know, they're a little different play style. He's not a shooter like Finney. No. But, but he just gets a different kind of spark. And I don't know why we refuse to play him because we kind of need that size and spark for, on the, especially on the defensive end. But if you're, you know, I'm sure, you know, the Warriors, for example, if you were going to go after Andrew Wiggins, I get, I bet you just the way, with the way the Warriors season's going and the the situation Wiggins' contract is in, I think Rashawn Holmes and a first round pick, you can land Andrew Wiggins and you tell me you wouldn't do Rashawn Holmes on a first round pick for Wiggins? I would. I would do that in a heartbeat. And I don't know. Maybe the Warriors don't want to do it, right? Maybe they're maybe they don't they're not open to it. Well but the Warriors it, are just kinda of going through it right now. Yeah, but you know, they're having emergence of, you know, Jonathan Kaminga, who has been unbelievable. He's he's just been he is becoming a star. And that's he's he's taken over Wiggins' role. And, you know, I, I don't they, think they're opposed to,
0: to moving him. They could be in a spot where he provides more value in what you can get back for him than what he does for your team. And if you get a first-round pick, I mean, shoot,
2: shoot, I'd do Wiggins for a
0: first, but they're not, they're never going to do that. But so it's, I mean, first picks are lottery tickets. Maybe you hit on another guy. Yeah. Um, but I think for the Mavs, just you want to see a move made. Yeah,
2: you I think mean? we're just tired of just, like, being so, like, we know every fan knows. And I'm sure Cuban and Nico, they're aware. I know they're aware. They see these games. They watch the games like, yeah, you know, I'm sure they do. And new owners, you know. Right. But as fans, you watch every single game just like they do. But we, you know, we don't know that they notice it, right? We're the ones like, okay, we need to do something because we're watching this game. We're watching these games. And it's, it's hard to watch sometimes. With There's just no defensive effort. And there's not a third option to score. Now, you know, granted, when Luca or Kyrie or one of them is out, right, that's when it looks kind of rough. When they're both on the floor, it's a lot more. It flows a lot better. When As Grant, we've seen the last couple games. And Grant Williams has just kind of flopped. Yeah, I mean, if you can, there was talk about Grant Williams straight up for Bobby Portis.
0: Sure. I uh, mean, and I hate it because I thought he was going to be really good for us. Yeah. And he looked really good in the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea of what's going on with Grant Williams? Is I just, just... think he's in, a, he's in his head.
2: He, he knows, he's, he's heard the talk, the criticism, and he's just, he's not, he's just scared. He's not confident. And I, and it's very obvious to tell on the court he's open for shots that he would 100% shoot, and he's just passing up on it. Got the yips. Yeah, he 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 knows, and that's kind of what we got you for that three and D type role. The Finney Smith role. Yeah, right, exactly. And I'll
0: trade for, trade back for Finney Smith. Let's bring him back to Dallas. Is he available? Yeah, and he's all, he's open for trade, but the Nets are saying they want
2: like two first round picks for him.
0: And I, I, I'd give you a first. I'd I'd be willing to give you a first at Hardy for him. I'd be willing to do that. I didn't okay, I like Finney Smith. I don't
2: think they would ever take Hardy because that the team doesn't need any more guards.
1: Well, they, <laughs> Scoring guards care. at least.
2: But um make him into a center. So. <laughs> no, Grant, I mean, but Grant's had a couple games. The last few games he's been he's played nice, but he's he's always there on the defensive end, which is nice to see. You don't want to give up someone like that because yeah. even though he's been absolutely horrendous on the offensive end. You don't want to weaken what defense you do have. Right. He's but he, but even though he's been horrendous on the offensive end, as I just said. You got he, Luka, you got Curry, it, you can afford it. He he's he's showing you know hustle what you in just effort on defensive end and that's what you really need so I don't really want to deal him right but I don't know I trust Nico I mean I think I do I don't know well have, we'll have to see yeah I mean we're gonna wait I mean I got my phone out there is yeah well, we will break twenty four hours that happens, so twenty four hours that happen that you know until it's over and we play tomorrow so you think that if the Mavs were to make a trade no I'm not saying this player would play tomorrow. But if you trade someone on the team, you're probably not going to have them on the bench tomorrow, right? So you'd want to <laughs> so we're,
0: get them out before. We're going to trade you Hardy, but he's going to play for us to tomorrow night, right? To, so you
2: but you don't want Hardy knowing that, so you know, or you know, for example, right? So the g-
0: games on trade deadline day are always really weird, especially in baseball, because like people they're in their head of my like, my move, of my family. But we'll see what the Mavs do. We'll come on here next week and be able to discuss it a lot more.
2: Yeah, I mean, I really hope we do something because the team. Need something. This team feels like it's a piece away when they're healthy. You know, you, you can never count yourself out when you have Luke and Kyrie
0: on the floor. You can never you can never can't. Yeah. So, but yeah. It is uh, now my pleasure, as we are a week away from spring training, officially, or at least pitchers and catchers reporting, to remind everybody that uh, the Rangers won the World Series, are the World Series champions. We'll begin to be reminding every, every one of you folks about that until uh, a, new, a new champion is crowned. Again, spring training starts in a week for most teams. Um, I did i don't remember the date, but the Dodgers and the Padres do it a little bit earlier because they have a, a a series to start their season in Seoul. Mm-hmm. But I think they start while there's still other spring training games going on. I want to say that's—I want to say it's part of the season. I could be wrong, and I—I I should know this as the, as the resident baseball guy, but I'm pretty sure it's like part of the season. Really. I want to say, or I know they're playing games in in South Korea, and I don't know if it's part of. I, I could have sworn they were like, yeah, it's part of the season. That's why they're starting like a little bit earlier, whatever it is, or it could just be they want to make sure everyone looks good for the you know the foreigners, um, so that you know we're not getting embarrassed. <laughs> this isn't like when we when you had teams go to Japan and you had Ichiro be able to do his you know swan song. Hey, I'm retiring, everybody. Um, but you know, and I think the one thing in baseball right now that needs to be addressed is there's like no free agent signings right now. dead there's and there's still some guys bellinger hasn't signed matt chapman hasn't signed uh jordan montgomery hasn't signed blake snell hasn't signed i mean you you have players that brandon bell is a solid player he hasn't signed and and it's me and my dad are i wish he was sitting here we could you know both and you we could all try and figure this out because i have no idea what why it's going on i'd love to be able to say that it's I think part of it is um, apparently, and I don't remember where I heard this, but Snell went, like the, the Yankees offered him like five-something and he counted like 9-270 or some ungodly number. No. And I think the problem is right now is that they're so is that when you, when you hear about contracts being signed by big players, what do you hear? They're long deals. They're big money. So then every other player thinks, well, I'm worth that much money. And teams, I think, right now are just saying, yeah, no, you're not. And I think this goes to what I was saying earlier about the CBA, and I am legitimately worried that when that new CBA runs out, it's it's not going to be good because we already had a lockout that almost cost us games. The next one will, unless they, fig- unless they can figure Because the players budged a lot, and the owners feel like they budged a lot, right? I mean, if the owners had their way, yeah. the, the problem is the owners – Think of it like this. If the owners had their way, the reserve clause would still be in effect. We would still have where you no free agency if the owners had their way. It's the only sport I feel like that would do that. I feel like the owners in other sports are okay with their system, right? There's a salary cap, but the players have been screaming there will never be a salary cap in baseball. And the owners want to go back to the system that was there till the 70s. So there's just a lot of well, we want to do this, well, we can't do this, and just, it's a lot of animosity. It's going to be a problem. So I'm glad my team won before that goes down because I have a really bad feeling it could really... 94 almost killed baseball. This time, you can't count on steroids to come in and save it. What's going to come in and save baseball, right? At every time in history, there was something that came in and saved baseball. After the 1919 Black Sox scandal, here comes Babe Ruth. I would say the next one... Not even scandal, but the next, like, potential problem was maybe the Great Depression, or you could say uh, World War II with a lot of players going to war. Well, females, uh, women's baseball came in, and, and it and it entertained the masses. And not only that, but you also had owners getting creative with players. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I cannot remember his name, and it's going to bother me, um, but there was a guy, I think his first name was Pete, it was, he was one arm. And he hit with one arm, and he was playing for the St. Louis Browns at that time, who actually, I think, won the pennant because mm. the only time they did because they were so bad, but everyone else was gone. <laughs> but then here comes, you know, another another strike, and here comes Barry Bonds and McGuire in the steroid era. What's going to save it this time? Shohei? Maybe? I just, I'm worried. I'm worried for the future of baseball. But, yes, I want the Rangers to bring back Montgomery. I think you need him. Didn't we just sign a new deal with ballet sports going through 2024? Yeah, so, yippee, we get ballet for another year. But that means and, money. And, and there was much it. I still... There are people that say it had no effect.
2: There are people that say it was the. I don't biggest even understand thing. it. I don't even understand it honestly. But I just know that because of the
0: deal now we have money to spend. So no, nobody knows. And here and here's why: because what if it did cause a problem? Here's what it would mean: the owners are not worried about this year. They're worried about long term, suc- you know, money coming in. Most of the revenue teams get as TV deals. There's there's no secret. I mean, the NFL, I believe, just off their CBS, Fox, and NBC deals. Not counting ABC. Maybe ABC. Well, actually, like ABC. That was three billion to the league, just for those. Not including any tickets, not including merchandise, not including going to the draft, not including anything else the NFL does. Right? Just the TV deals was three billion. So TV deals are very lucrative, and that's how le- that's how leagues have been able to make so much money. Is their TV deals? Well, when you don't have those TV deals, that long term security of are we going to have long term money is, a, is 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 a big question mark. The problem is, is that if I'm Ray Davis, use critical thinking here. We're the World Series champions, top five farm system. What network is not going to want to sign us? <laughs> what network's going to go, yeah, I don't want the Rangers. They only have like some really exciting players and DeGrom and, you know, Bruce. But I mean, like who wouldn't want to sign the Texas Rangers? I understand if like the A's were having problems, who, who would want to put the A's on TV, right? right. Who would want to pay a crap ton of money to have them? But if you're the Rangers, why wouldn't you want to have the Rangers? That's a big credit to your network. Then again, I think baseball really wants to go to a no-blackout system, which they should, but that's beside the point. With the TV deals, it just— it I Did it cause a problem? I think it's possible. I've heard credible people say it caused zero problems and the teams can still spend money they're just refusing to. It's other things. And I've heard people say they're not spending just because— you know, simply because of this. But I think— I don't know. I'd love. I'd love to have. This is one of the things I'd love to have an answer and be able to like big brain this thing and be like, okay, it's definitely this one thing that's. causing co- <clears> – I don't. I have nothing. It could be a number of things causing it. I think it's just teams saying you're worth X. Players say I think I'm worth Y, and they can't meet in the middle. Yeah. Right. There- there's. There's no letter to meet in the middle on there, and it. And I think that's what's causing the problems. Montgomery is worth it. But no, it's. I don't, just, I don't know why
2: he is not re signed yet. I don't know. I don't what, know. I don't know
0: what we're waiting for. And I also have to wonder if some of this, the players don't want to take less or they don't want to take, you know, because in the CBA deal is coming up and they don't, this is like their first act is to refuse to sign deals they don't want to. Yeah. Which is possible. And I hate that if that's the case because then that's on the players for being, for for basically firing the first shot. Moving on to, is there anything, there's not much else in baseball. I mean, spring training starting. I mean, there's
2: a notification saying the Mariners just claimed outfielder Cannon, Smith, and Jigba. Hey,
0: there you go. So they got two Seattle brothers now, Mariners and Seahawks. JSN's bro is going to go there. I mean, not a bad player. But there's just, the Rangers did sign three minor league deals. They signed DJ Peters to be a pitcher, ironically. Can he be like a pinch hitter? Because he's got pop. And then we signed Jason Shreve, who's been, you know, a... Next to the word serviceable reliever, there's a picture of Chase and Shreve there, I'm sure. Um, and then, you know, Danny Duffy was with us last year in AAA. And then uh, Jose Goody, who is a guy, he's a catcher. So maybe you stash him in AAA to be that guy that just comes in and, you know, is a another guy. I mean, that's the thing, is, you know. Mm-hmm. But it just, there's not much going on. Baseball is just kind of, this is like the one dead spot yeah, this is like the one time in baseball where they're usually all the signings are gone, but there's no signings, but there's no like there's people to sign. So well, next week we will know what Bellinger, what snow, what Monty, what, like is that next week? I don't know. that's that's what I think is like you have until Wednesday, I think for most teams to sign if you're not going to the Dodgers or the Padres, which they're probably not because sorry, but the Padres owner did pass away, and he was the guy that was spending so much money. And so, um, you know, they're they're probably not going to want to spend as much anymore. Same thing with the we we're already hearing they may want to cut payroll. The Dodgers have already spent an ungodly amount of wealth on players, so they want to go more players. That'd be funny. And the Dodgers signed Blake Snell and Montgomery and Bellinger. The Dodgers just sign everybody. I think you'll I think this weekend has to be the active weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I just don't know what the problem is, and what the holdup is, but there's just not much else. Now to I'm sure what a lot of people have been waiting on, and we just do it in this order just because we've always done this order is football. It is Super Bowl week officially and uh, we will start with the Cowboys though just to get them out of the way Dan Quinn is gone there's a lot of mixed feelings there I think from a lot of people Dan Quinn is no longer our defensive coordinator takes Joe with it but he goes with the commanders I think it's kind of funny that now he he and he and McCarthy can duel it out he just want to be back in AT&T stadium once a year he, he, he's he, <laughs> he, he, they're, they're gonna duke it out twice a year and we're gonna see because apparent there was a rumor that Quinn and the defensive guys went to McCarthy and said, Here's what you're doing wrong on offense. Well, if they happen in your building, what are they going to do when they're trying to beat you? Yeah. You know, but Quinn isn't calling defensive plays anymore. He's going to give that to Joe Witt, who's their new defense coordinator. But that's not even the most important, the most interesting aspect, I think, of of the commanders, and this is going to tie into some draft news we're going to get to, which is Cliff Kingsbury, one to the commanders. The Commanders have the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. We'll go back. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second. But the Cowboys have been looking at some defensive coordinators. I think we all know where we're going with that commander's news. Oh, well, yeah, it's obvious. <laughs> but I got to, you know, maybe some people don't know who Caleb Williams is. <laughs> so then you got defensive coordinators, Bob. Who Jobs, who are you going to go with? Well, there's some candidates. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's, um, what, five main ones and then everybody else. And this is the order that I want them in. Mike Zimmer. I would say um, Aiden, Aiden Dirty, who's our defensive line coach. Been around a long time. Played in NFL Europe. You know, been running football a long time, so I like that the experience. Then you have Rex Ryan interviewed today; definitely didn't see that one coming. Then Al Harris, who is inexperienced as a coach, but has done a really good job in his time. Yeah. I I mean, he, t- he he pretty much turned two corners into. Um, probably I want the two best ball hawks in football. I want to promote Al Harris to defensive backs coach, which is what Joe Witt was. I want, to, or sorry, secondary coach. I want him to coach the entire secondary. He's still working with the corners. Make him the DB's coach, make him the corners coach, and like the safeties coach. Yeah. Make him both. Just make him everything and don't hire anyone else. Just have him be the guy. I think that that would really help. I would out like your, that. That would help your safety play. Plus, you give him a nice payday. He wants to stay. And then you have the guy that I really don't want. And it's the guy that I have a really scared gut feeling they're going to go with. That's Ron Rivera. I don't want Ron Rivera. I would rather have anybody. I would rather have Rex Ryan. I'd rather have anybody else but Ron Rivera. Just give me, please. Lure Jimmy Johnson out of retirement. I don't care. Find somebody else. I do not want Ron Rivera. And what worries me about Rivera is I think it's going to be either him or Dirty because in-house or the nice guy, it's Ron Rivera. He's a nice guy. The players love him. We can all sing Kumbaya. Instead of him and Zimmer, Zimmer will get in your players' Instead of Zimmer and Ryan, who are loud, who are aggressive- who actually oh I don't know hold the professional players accountable for doing their jobs on the field. Mm-hmm. Not that Rivera doesn't do that, but R- Rivera is a nice guy, that's a good coach, but he's just he's out. He's done, he's he's grown stale I think in the NFL. I think in the college ranks he'd be perfect. I think he would be I think he'd be a great recruiter. But I think he's just gone stale in the NFL. Yeah. Um that's just a problem and I I'm scared that they're going to hire him because Ron Rivera is a guy that won't push the Jones. Zimmer and Ryan are guys that will sit in that draft room and no, 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 no. I gotta have this guy. To, you know, you can go to hell, Jerry. I, I want this guy, <laughs> draft him now. And and Rivera's kind of a laid back. He doesn't he doesn't push, he strokes the Jones' ego. I mean, Rex Ryan has been very critical of Jerry and Steven on ESPN. Would they want to hire that guy? See, that would to me, you you, you want to signal change to the fan base. Hire someone like that. Mm-hmm. Hire Rex Ryan. Hire Mike Zimmer. Not that I think Ryan is the defensive genius he potentially once was with the Jets. He's always had a, a good defense that the modern offense caught up to. So with the new, mo- the, when I say the new, with the new modern offenses, would they be able to catch up to him? I know he played a lot of single high safety stuff, which teams nowadays torch. So that worries me. The one thing I like about Zimmer and Ryan is they have both run four threes and three fours. And I think the new way of the defensive scheme is what is what something that Belichick's been doing for 20 years, which is running three, four, four, three hybrids, right? Where you match personnel. And we have the personnel to do it. Mozzie and Hankins could be a nose. You have Osa at one of the defensive ends. He's a tweener. He can play defensive end. You have Lawrence as the other. And then you probably have Overshone and and Micah as your two outside linebackers. I mean, you could do that. Mm-hmm. Marquis Bell can play outside linebacker. He's tall enough. But I think for the Cowboys, I'm sure they're going to hire Rivera because he fits that nice guy that doesn't push us, that lets us run our organization under the ground and doesn't push back. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, that's why I want Zimmer. Zimmer's my number one. He's coached against modern coaches. He's done well against modern coaches. He just grew stale. He'd been there for a lot. Of when, when, it's one reason why I want Tomlin gone out of Pittsburgh. I do think he's a bad coach. He's been there for too long. Mm-hmm. You can't be somewhere for that. You are hired to be fired. To me, coaches shouldn't be... Unless you're Belichick and you keep winning Super Bowls, you should not be at a place for as long as someone like Tomlin's been there. Who won one his first couple... He won one in his first few years, right? But I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do. To the Commanders now for that draft news before we get to the Super Bowl, they're in striking distance of Caleb Williams. I mean, you have Kingsbury. Caleb Williams posted a thing, and I I remember telling... He's a DC kid. He's a commander. He was a Washington fan growing up. Before they hired... Before this all came out that's it's a possibility, and I, you know, Kingsbury coached him at USC this past year. So, you know, before I even thought of all that, I remember telling Seth, being like, man, you know, that makes a lot of sense because Williams fits Kingsbury's mold. Who has Kingsbury coached? Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, Jalen Hurts, you know, the Kyler Murray, these kind of shorter guys that can throw, that can run, that are... And who else did he coach? Oh, I don't know. Johnny Manziel. He's QB's he's coach at AM, and I'm sorry people don't like me to say this. Williams reminds me a lot of Manziel. Not in the he likes to get drunk and party and all of that. In his play style. I think he's We'll get to more draft stuff when we get to the dead spot of football offseason where I can start talking more about like my I have I've done I've I'm up to Pennix now. So I've done the first four quarterbacks. Williams, he scares me just because he's when he hike the ball. And your first reaction is, I gotta move out. I gotta move away when there's a guy wide open, but I want to make a really, but I want to make a really cool looking play. Yeah, Manziel did that stuff, and it didn't work in the NFL. So, Will Williams worries me, but he fits Kingsbury's mold, so I think he could work in Washington, Kingsbury. Mm -hmm. Anyway, now off the draft into the Super Bowl. Sunday we got the Chiefs, Taylor Swift, Kelsey, Mm -hmm. all of the the drama there to go along with the Niners. No one wants to see this. I think everyone would rather have seen the Ravens or the Lions or mm-hmm. both in mm-hmm. the Super Bowl. And uh, they would have given America someone to root for. And we don't have that anymore. We were robbed of that. Thank you, Baltimore and Detroit. Thank you, Dan Campbell, for not taking your freaking points. <laughs> anyway, we get to see the Super Bowl. And I'm rooting for the Niners. Because I have no ill will towards them. That's the thing. is People who don't like teams that just beat you, why? You don't like it, beat them. Like, I, I didn't like the Aaron Rodgers-Packers because I felt like the refs beat us a lot of the time. And I felt like they were, they were squeaking, they were weaseling a win, right? I don't hate the Niners. They just kick our butts. It's an utter domination. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't get mad at them for that. I get mad, at the, I get mad I, it gets me more mad at my team than the Niners. Now, if I was like, in, if I grew up in the 90s, yeah, I'd hate them because there was hatred there, mm-hmm. right? But here, they just kick our butts. It's not a rivalry. Rivalries are, you know, it's barely a. I mean, rivalries. Cowboys Eagles. I mean, it, it's a rivalry, but no one. It's not. There's not back and forth, you know, tit for tat. where we're going at each other. No, it's just they kick our butts every time. It's frustrating. So I don't hate the Niners. I want to see him win. I want to see Purdy actually silence everyone who says they can't can't win. Because here's the thing, he's a system quarterback. He's a. You know. You know who else they said that about? Tom Brady. He won seven Super Bowls. You think he's mad that you called him a system quarterback? Because guess what? That system won Super Bowls. So in my opinion, it's about winning, right? That's what—that's the name of the game. It's not about getting a Mahomes. When People get this confused, I think, with team building. Your goal isn't to find Patrick Mahomes or Lawrence Taylor. Your goal is to win a Super Bowl. However you do that, it doesn't matter. If you find Brock Purdy with the final pick, I think part of it is jealousy. No one else picked him up, and then they get him, and he, they, he turns into a really good player. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, he, he is a game manager. okay. They win. Mahomes isn't a game manager. He's about the only one. Lamar, Josh, they, these guys are, you know, the elite. What like they're, like they're talented. They're elite talents at quarterback. How many Super Bowls have they won? M, how many Super Bowls have they been to? I'll give you the number. It's zero. You know? So, and, and you know how many the game managers been to? Almost two. He should have gone last year if he didn't get, had to have Tommy Johnster as a quarterback. They would have beat the Eagles. So, you the system wins, so and that's what it's all about. It's not about finding the generational quarterback talent. It's about winning football games, mm-hmm. and they do it well. So all the hate for Purdy, I don't get because they win. It it, it is he's the closest he's, he is the closest thing to Tom Brady we've seen because of with the story, being a late pick, and his his is the last pick of the draft, right? Coming in for an injured veteran starter. Well, I don't know if yeah, coming in for an injured starter, and taking the reins, never looking back. I mean, and with the offensive version of Bill Belichick, I mean, Shanahan's the best coach, he's the best offensive coach in football, arguably probably the best head coach in football. So, I mean, there's a lot of similarities there, a lot of similarities there, I think, for Purdy and Brady. And I think people don't like that. People see another Darth Vader on the horizon, but I don't like Mahomes. And it has, has little—I mean, I don't like—his wife annoys me, and his brother I would like <laughs> to punch in the face just because after the, after the Sean Taylor thing, that really pissed yeah. me off because it was super disrespectful. But Mahomes is whiny. Mahomes, after a correct call against Kadarius Tony, didn't even shake Josh Allen's hand and say, good game. Man, how could they call that to end the game? It's ridiculous. <laughs> He's turned into a whiny B-word. And there's, there's no respect there. You know why we respected Tom Brady? First of all, deflate-gates, crap, Spygate, they went on to win. They went on to be undefeated. So yeah. guess what? Didn't didn't matter. Um, and to be fair, other teams were doing it, and they misinterpreted the rule. So, I'm, again, people want to knock him for that, but it was, no. Brady had nothing. That was, that was Belichick's legacy, not Brady's legacy. Brady, you know, it just, sorry, Brady didn't whine. It, even to Flatgate, when you have all the reason to whine in the world, didn't whine. Not once. Not one, Not once. It's That's a leader. Mahomes whines and complains and, oh, poor little me. And that's why I don't like him anymore. I can't respect him. Plus, the Chiefs are getting on my nerves because they're starting to think they're the next Patriots. You win this one, you're a dynasty. You've won three now. You're a dynasty. Right now, you're a mini dynasty. You win three, you are a dynasty. But just because you're a dynasty, that doesn't mean that you're better than the Patriots. It also doesn't mean that Kelsey's better than Gronk. Gronk's the most physically talented tight end to ever play the game. If not, almost player. Regardless of position. Kelsey's really good. Kelsey's gonna go down as the greatest tight end of all time. Because of numbers and everything else. But, it just, I think they've just become very unlikable. The Chiefs have finally become the villains. It's, it's, It's fun. They're not the poster. They're not the golden boys anymore. But, I'm rooting for the Niners. I think the Niners will win. I think the Niners are better. I think they're better coached. I think they're going to... They don't think they're going to kill the Chiefs. the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs have... No, niners. the Chiefs have a great defense. It's, it's going to be a bloodbath. Spagnola versus Shanahan is going to be really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the battle. If whoever wins that battle wins the game. I think Wilkes versus Reed. Reed's going to win that battle. But I think it's not going to be like a slaughter... It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, yeah. we'll I, I what really happens. think so. I think the Niners win because I think the Niners. I mean, the Niners this, are a better team on paper. They are, and they're pissed because the Chiefs won last year. Chiefs are what well, we've won. We're the next dynasty. Yippee ki yay! And the Niners felt like that that last year was their year. And They haven't yeah. won in what thirty years? Yeah. I mean, the Niners, they they we actually have more recent Super than they do. Um, pretty funny. But they just have a NFC comp- conversation. The, they, they've in been they've been you know yeah. to two since then. You know, lost the Ravens and. And lost to the Chiefs, ironically. So I think this will be very interesting to see. I I think the Niners are going to win. I think the Niners are hungrier. I think that they just there's just there's something about the the mission of kind of like Michigan. We're we're not going to be denied this. This this was our last year and was taken from us because we couldn't have a third quarterback. So this year we're gonna we're we're gonna as they would say in wrestling, as Cody Rhodes and I would love to get into that with the, with the rock and stuff but uh they they're going to finish their story. So if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to get that one. But I cannot think of anything else for sports. I mean, let's just
2: let's go over our award predictions for Honor and Fall Honors. That oh, I is think happening that. tomorrow.
0: MVP's McCaffrey. I don't care. MVP's McCaffrey. It's not it's not a quarterback award. You if you want to make it one, call it that. The MVP's the most valuable player. Yeah.
2: McCaffrey. I agree with you. But it yeah. won't be McCaffrey. It'll probably be Lamar. It'll be Lamar. And really if they're going just, off quarterback, I think Dak should win it statistically.
0: But the game against Buffalo screwed him. The game against not beating Buffalo and Miami really screwed him because it just, I'm sorry, it did. And I don't like it, but it did.
2: The, I, the defense was on my Dak brought us down the field and you know, gave us a chance, but yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, Dak, statistically, if you look at it, he should be the MVP, but he won't. I think it'll be Lamar. I think McCaffrey should be over Dak anyway. I think it should be McCaffrey regardless. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm with you. But, but I don't quarterbacks. Think, right. I'm uh, going off quarterbacks than what I think it'll be. I think Dak should win it, but it'll be Lamar. And then McCaffrey for offensive player of the year.
0: Yeah, definitely defensive player of the year. It's gonna be Miles Garrett. I agree. I'm sorry, people. Daron Bland. <laughs> no, if you're gonna give it to a corner, he has to be Gilmore level of shutdown. no Now, I'm willing to give some leeway with the pick sixes. But just because you set a pick-six record doesn't mean you're the best defensive player. No. It Now, if you want to say most impactful, yeah, I could hear an argument because of the fact that he did score five times. Yeah. But defensive player of the year is Miles Garrett, I think. I, that Browns defense is just—it's it was, it's not the same with Adam. It's really not. I agree with you. Um, what what, are they, what coach of the year? I, th- I think it'll be Stefanski. I think he deserves it. Mike McCarthy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It'll probably be Stefanski— my vote would be D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, I, I, like,
2: D'Amico I like D'Amico's too. D'Amico's my vote. But...
0: D'Amico's my vote. Comeback player of the year, okay. Flacco. It should, and I want to prefer it should be Joe Flacco. But it's not. It's going to be DeMar Hamlin. Yeah. DeMar Hamlin could have retired. He probably still would have won it. I mean, and I understand. The man died Died. He did. on the field. Yeah. He, he died, and they brought him back to life. So... I can't get too mad at it, but <laughs> if we're talking about
2: truly deserving awards... A guy that was sitting on his couch and then brings the team
0: to the playoffs. It's Flacco. It's Flacco. Yeah. It should be. They're going to give it to Hamlin, and nobody can complain. I think that's I mean, fair. But, um, and I'm going to completely blank. There's no other awards. Are there? Am I missing one? I mean, Walter Payton, man uh, of the rookie year. Rookie of the years. Oh, yeah, rookie of the years. Offensive Rookie of the Years, T.J. Shroud. It's funny, I, I feel like it can go either way. Who else? Puka. It's Trout. He's quarterback. We're going to give to Trout. He deserves it. Puka was great, but I think if now, if he'd set records, if he had set like the receiving record, not, I mean, I mean he's a rookie, he, set he did. rookie records, but if he were to set like, like he won the Triple Crown, like a Cooper I, Cup I level I think season, it could honestly be a toss up. He could, but they're going to give it to People Super, are going to be mad no matter what
2: happens. If Trout wins, people are going to say it should have been Puka. It should be Stroud. If right? Puka wins it, people are going to say it should have been
0: Stroud. I think it should be Stroud because the, the amount of time receivers hit is so high. The amount of times quarterbacks hit, the times first round quarterbacks hit is so low. Yeah, got to get. I think it's Stroud. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I,
2: uh, I don't want to say Jalen Carter because I feel like Devon Witherspoon deserves it more. Yeah, I mean, who are the who are the
0: full I mean, who are the big candidates?
2: That, I mean, it's Carter, it's Witherspoon, Mozzie. Yeah. Um, who else? It was um,
0: I'm trying to think who was at the top of the draft last year. Salomon. Who am I, Jordan? No, 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 not Jordan Davis. Who am I forgetting? Who would have been? Um, who, well, not edge rusher. Trying to think of like edges that were in last year's draft. It I'm wait oh Will Anderson. Will Anderson, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna give it to either Anderson or Witherspoon, but it's probably gonna be Carter, and I don't agree with it. But whatever, it's not my I don't I don't get to vote. Yeah. Any other awards? Defensive rookie, offensive rookie. No.
2: No, I just know that there's a lot of Cowboys involved in each award. I know that. No, often, no rookie
0: awards for us. No rookie awards. Dak may finalize as a Q, as a MVP. Maybe. Oh yeah, he's a fi- he's a finalist. He's a finalist. Yeah. So, who, so how many finalists are there? Five. Five. It's McC-
2: it's McCaffrey or yeah, McCaffrey, Dak, L- Lamar, Lamar Purdy, Purdy, Josh Allen.
0: Oh yippee! Well, who cares? I mean, did, did, did they vote? I An mean, offensive
2: player of the year is CMC,
0: Tyreek, CD, CMC. Dak. Hey, we're there, but it's, yeah. we're not going to probably win anything. Mike has defensive player of the year. Kind of a- I could see Micah maybe winning D-D-P-O-Y, but on talent, but no, he's not going to. I could see it. If any of them were going to win an award, it would be that one. But we're done with awards.
2: Now we just, uh, we'll just we
0: be back with... We'll do draft stuff. Once Super Bowl- once Super Bowl's over, we'll- football segments will probably just be, here's who I've scouted this week, just to give some football in there. And here's who the Cowboys could be targeting, right? Just stuff like that. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week.
2: See you later.